0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast.
1: Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. Today we are recording this episode even while the tri series that is ongoing in Singapore, a match is going on now and India versus South Africa women's T20 is ongoing as well. So in today's episode, I'll be your host Ajit. We have a special guest, Malhar who is joining us from India. Hello Malhar, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi Ajit, thanks for this. Really excited to be on here.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Nice to have you as well. So, what do you do and uh, what is your background with cricket?
0: So, well, I mean, obviously, because I'm from India, uh, following cricket is like a national thing to do. And it all started back when the first IPL was played. I was a big Adam Gilchrist fan. I think I still am, but he doesn't play anymore, sadly. Secondly, I write about cricket for the last word on cricket. It's a a UK-based website. And also, I've done a few podcasts. Uh, my my major field of interests are basically associate cricket. You know, Scotland, Netherlands, well, Ireland's a full member now, but even they interest me a lot. As uh, so, uh, apart from that, if you if you talk about me playing, then I think I'm a I'm a half decent leg spinner, and I'm still on my way though. So I mean, my hand grenades aren't really very good, but I'm practicing. So hopefully, I'll get there someday.
1: All right. Uh, Good luck with both your, you know, on-field and off-field exploits as far as cricket goes. Let's first pick up the most important topic that's on our horizon today. So it's the preview of an India-South Africa test series. So we know that the test series begins on 2nd October with the first test being played in Vaisak. The second one in Pune and the third one later on, I think it's in Ranchi this time, right? So when it comes to, you know, the squads and everything, maybe let's go through the squads first. The India squad has Kohli as skipper. Then you have Rahane, Mayank Agarwal, Ravichandra Ashwin, Ravindra Jadeja, Kuldeep Yadav, Shami, Rishabh Pant, Cheteshwar Pujara, Ruddhiman Swaha, Ishan Sharma, Rohit Sharma, Shubman Gill, Hanuma Vihari, and Umesh Yadav. Right? So this is the squad. Yeah. Uh, for South Africa, the captain is Fafdi Plessy. And you have Temba Bhavuma, Theonis De Brown, uh, Quentin de Kock, Dean Elgar, Henrik Klassen, Keshav Maharaj, Eden Markram. Senuran Muthuswamy, uh, Lungi Ngidi, uh, yeah. Heinrich Nokia, uh, Vernon Philander, Dane Pete, Kagiso Rabada and Zubair Hamza. So this is the squad for South Africa. So let's yeah. begin some of the interesting topics. So first of all maybe we can look at the first test compositions for both the teams. So from India's perspective, who do you think would be the first test uh, let's say the 11 for India? Uh,
0: well personally I feel well I mean it's it's a well known fact that Rohit is going to open. So, Rohit, uh, Mayank Agarwal, uh, Pujara at 3, Kohli at 4, Vihari to follow. Pant or Saha uh, with the gloves and Ashwin, Jadeja, Ishanth and Shami make up the bowling attack. Uh, but there is one spot left in my 11 and I feel maybe Kuldeep or Rahane could uh, you know could play. But it all depends on the conditions, whether India want to go for an extra batsman or an extra spinner. I think India... We'll probably just stick to two fast bowlers and maybe three spinners, but it all depends on the conditions. I mean, it's it's a well-known fact that South Africa aren't really very good at uh, playing spin bowling. Uh, So, I think Kuldeep might play.
1: Hmm. So, it's it's in Vizag. That that, that looks like a decent enough uh, 11 from my perspective. I see a couple of changes there. So, first of all, you say three spinners and two fast bowlers? Yes. So, who would be your fast bowlers?
0: Uh, Ishant and Shami.
1: Ishant and Shami would be your starters. Okay. Yes. Um, in that case, how about the um, batting? So let's say Rohit True. starts opening with Mayank yes. Agarwal. You have Kohli at three, and you have uh, sorry, Pujara at three and Kohli at four, Pujara. Rahane at five, and then, yeah, then you have with Vihari would be there at six.
0: Yeah, I think. But uh, already, yeah, I mean, Rahane could come at uh, five probably, and Vihari at six. But I think. At 6, it, Vihari, it's it's pretty
1: low for him. Don't you think so? No, he's been doing all right. Uh, his good innings uh, last, uh, let's say, the tour of West Indies, he did really well at number 6. He showed that he can bat with the tail, right? He scored a 93. And then the 100 he got was in Nishan Sharma's company as well. Right, yeah. So, for me, I would say, yeah, he, he, he fits in at 6. And... I don't think this Indian team, because Hardik Pandya is not available, I don't really see them making that uh, like, you know, have one batsman short and have Pant and Pandya there so that they both can make up uh, for the batting, let's say. Yeah. So, you're saying five bowlers. So, because when you add five bowlers, that is three spinners and two fast bowlers, and Pant, that'll only mean five batsmen, then probably Hanuma Vihari is not there in your 11, right?
0: No, he is there in my 11. I, I left one spot empty. Which can okay. be
1: filled by Kuldeep or Rahane. Oh, interesting, interesting team. So for me, yeah. I don't see Rahane sitting out, right? Uh, if anything, Vihari may sit out. I see Rahane as the senior man would probably come back into the eleven because I mean he had some. Uh, there are there were some doubts about his position in the team, but I think he answered them decently in the Caribbean uh, tour, right? Yeah. So if anything, I don't see him sitting out. Maybe Hanuma Virat would sit out, but that would be a bit harsh on him considering it would that the position. Right? Yeah. So, I would say, because of the lack of, let's say, the all-round ability of Hardik Pandya, yeah. India would probably go with a four-six-one. is, four bowlers, six batsmen, and one keeper. Right? Yeah,
0: makes
1: sense. So, then I would play um, Agarwal and uh, Rohit Sharma at the top, followed by Pujara, then Kohli, then Rahane, five, six, Hanuma Vihari. Right? Yeah. Seven would be Pant, then... Or Saha uh yeah that's another talking point so seven would be your keeper slot let me put it like this okay then eight nine would be for me it would be ashwin and jadeja
0: yeah
1: and then 10 and 11 my 10 would be shami and my 11 would be umesh Yadav. oh interesting right this is my 11 all right so let's get into it a bit more but uh I eventually moved out to also more to the South African eleven. So, let's get into it a bit right away. So, first of all, let's see. Your keeper is Panth or Saha?
0: My keeper would be Saha uh, for this tour. uh, Mm -hmm. Because I think he's done reasonably well against South Africa A. Right. And also, he played versus West Indies A on the Caribbean tour. Mm -hmm. So, he scored a couple of 50s. And I think he's he's good enough. Pant's selection would be justified based on his aggressive batting tempo. But recently, you know, he hasn't quite fired at his best with the Willow. I don't see why Saha shouldn't be playing ahead of him.
1: When it comes to pure glove work, I sort of agree with you. Saha is experienced. He's also more of a pure keeper. Pant is a good keeper, no doubt. But he's still learning his craft, right? He's not up to a Saha level. The other thing, of course, it's probably the batting temperament. So Saha scores some tough runs right? Uh, you've yeah. already showed that he indeed makes a lot of tough runs. Whenever it's required, he's able to score those tough runs for this team.
0: Exactly.
1: But he's coming back from an injury layoff. He's not played an international test in like 19 months. So there are a couple of these important points as well. And Pant is a man in possession, right? So they say nine-tenths of the law is possession and Pant is the man in possession of the keeping gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His, his uh, form has been a bit patchy with the limited-overs cricket, for sure, right? He has been a bit exactly. patchy when it comes to T20s. He's not really shaken the world up, so to say. So his uh, yeah. previous performance both yeah. in the Caribbean as well as in the recent T20s were not particularly good. But I don't know if that means his leash has really run out and the team management now want to replace him altogether in the team. Or whether they yeah. want to give him a little bit of a warning, a jolt, by including Saha in and saying, you know what, don't take your position for granted. That doesn't mean you'll play at all times. Right?
0: Exactly. England England did it with Johnny Bares too recently.
1: Indeed. So, that might indeed be a good good way of looking at it. For me, I would really want Saha to start. So exactly. instead I would really want Saha to play. Now, the second position or the second point of contention was Hanuma Vihari spot or not. But uh, what do you say? So, do you think 5-5-1 five, five, uh, or...? Four six one. 6
0: one I think four six one, but Vihari has to play, I feel.
1: Hmm. But he's, then... He's very good with the team. All right. Then Vihari will play, then it'll be four six one. So then the four, right? Yeah. So would it be two fast bowlers and two spinners or three spinners and one fast bowler then for you? Uh,
0: two spinners, two fast bowlers. I think they're more than capable to pick uh, the South African wickets.
1: All right. That's what I would say as well. So then who, who are your two spinners and who are your two fast bowlers? So two spinners first, maybe?
0: Ashwin and
1: Jadeja, I think that's a no-brainer. No? And fast okay. bowlers, I'll go for Ishant and Shami. Okay, so that's that's a good pick, actually. Uh, for me, look, uh, nothing against Ishant. He's he's the holding pattern bowler and he's more or less certain to start. But I chose two, like, impact bowlers in Shami and Yadav because you don't have Bumrah, who's sort of an impact bowler. Ishant Sharma is always very effective as a holding pattern. Especially yeah. when you're playing abroad, you have Ishan Sharma who can hold one end up. Here yeah. you have your spinners, so Jadeja can as well do that. He can hold one end up, and Ashwin can attack from one end. Or so instead, you know that your fast bowlers will probably bowl like 20-25 overs in an innings, no more than that. So 12 per per, mm-hmm. per bowler. Yeah. So yeah. why not pick the two fast bowlers? So you have Shami and Yadav, who both are very effective. So why not pick them for their shock value? Because they only need to deliver like 12 hours a day or something. Maybe you can yeah. pick them and get away with it, right? You don't need a holding pattern bowler like Ishan Sharma who bowls 20 hours a day so that everybody can bowl around him. This is one thought process. The other is, maybe you miss the experience that Ishan Sharma brings with his lens and everything. And Umesh Yadav can be a bit unpredictable. He can bowl exactly. all over the
0: place. Exactly.
1: Right? This is a little bit of a worry. I- I'm going for the shock value. I'm still going to say Umesh Yadav and Shami should play. And Umesh Yadav, I think, has enough experience uh, bowling well in Indian conditions because... I think uh, in the last season, in one of the tests in India when he bowled, I think he took a 10 for. So he right. can also be a match-winning bowler yeah. on Indian conditions because he just needs to bowl 12 hours. I know he nothing to worry, so he goes all out. And that's what you need sometimes, right? But yeah. then you have to be a bit careful because uh, South Africans are so used to playing uh, faster bowling. And bowling exactly. too much to people or having too many fast bowlers in the team may sort of play into their hands. It's, a, it's sort of a balance to be struck. So this is for me, this is the way I would go. And my spinners would definitely be, let's Ashwin say, and and for me, it's a no brainer. But I'm worried the team management may probably think a bit differently. In the last couple of months, Ashwin's spot in the team has not been certain, but they were all away to us, of course. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. Once we get back to India, I think he's the number one spinner. But uh, let's see how the team management goes. I mean, yeah. it'll be Jadeja and one other spinner, whether it'll be the spinner in uh, Kuldeep Yadav or the traditional spinner or off spinner in ashwin i'm really hoping they don't go by the sort of thinking that you know you have uh, hanuma vihari who can bowl a few overs of spin no, so no, no, no. why not have uh, yeah. kuldeep yadav it's a thought process
0: ashwin offers more with the bat than kuldeep
1: yeah 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 so that's that would be a good uh, counterpoint actually that ashwin is also a good batsman and he's been doing the rounds so he's gone to county cricket and he's played longer format cricket to keep himself match fit and sort of
0: yes he's bowled a lot of overs
1: Ended, so that would hold him in good stead, I would say, and he should be the one that would be playing, right? So now that was the Indian squad. Do you have anything else, any other talking point you see with the Indian squad? Uh, Rohit opening. Okay, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think it's an it's an experiment that could go either way. Uh, if you if you look at his career, he's when he when he batted for India, uh, he's he's batted at number five, number six sometimes, and he's done reasonably well, you could say. Uh, in, in South Africa, in Australia, and in India. He made his debut in India. So, obviously, he scored uh, to win hundreds against West Indies. But I think it's, it's it's very difficult to replicate those performances at the top, you know, with the ball seeming and swinging early. And especially against the likes of Vernon Philander and Kagizo Rabada. So, I think it's going to be a tall order for him. Because, you know, mm. from what I see, this, uh, this has Jason Roy vibes written all over it. You know, a wide ball opener opening in Test matches. Right. It looks a little bit out of position for me, but let's
1: see. I sort of agree with you. It's sort of a converted opener that works, but what what I see about Rohit as a player, right? Yeah. He's not really comfortable when there is already an agenda that has been set up by somebody. He's not able to get into it. For example, batting at five and six requires a certain amount of mental strength. It's not that yeah. he doesn't have it. It requires a different yeah, right. kind of an approach in the third innings or the fourth innings of the game, right? Yeah. So you need to be able to bat around other people, bat with the tail, all of these things. So maybe yeah. Rohit is not particularly suited to that role. But look, Rohit, the middle-order batsman, is very effective. But Rohit, the opener, we saw what he can do in one days, right? He's he's probably one of the most successful one-day openers out there currently.
0: Absolutely. So. But then so is Jason Roy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's white ball versus red ball. It's a big difference.
1: Indeed. He, will be I mean, more? it'll be a good a good test of his technique, right? Exactly, yes. Definitely. Given that somebody like uh, Vernon Philander, probably one of the best swing bowlers out there, right? Absolutely. So, But the thing that are in his favor, one, he'll be the one setting the agenda. He'll go with a blank scorecard, 0 for 0, right? And that yes. usually helps him. That's what at least I feel, right? Yeah. And he's playing in India. He's not playing in England or South Africa or Australia or some other part, New Zealand, where the ball can hoop all over the place. So it will exactly. be only a 8 or 10-hour period that he'll have to watch out for. Yeah. After that, he can actually take some more time. So Exactly. Uh, he can probably, if he bats out the 10-12 overs, 12, 12 and you have along with him a more traditional opener, Mayank Agarwal, who's done the job all his life. So he yeah. can sort of pick up a couple of points. The things that go against him are, again, those things. He's not opened previously. He's not opened in red ball cricket previously or in the lower leagues. Uh, Ranji yeah. or in...
0: He, he has not open... opened only thrice in first-class cricket, but that was way back in 2009-2012 period when he started playing first-class
1: mm-hmm. cricket. Mm-hmm. That, that needs me back. Right. So that's one of the things that might go against him because it's, it's, it's a temperament thing. And also, you know, if, uh, sometimes when the going is really, really tough as an opener, you yeah. are expected to actually just hang around there, do nothing, right? Exactly, yes. So just stay there for half an hour, stay there for 45 minutes. I don't know if you remember Hanuma Vihari's uh, opening innings in Australia, one innings. Yeah. Think, uh, yeah. It was a 60-ball five or some, some such score, and that can be a good opener's innings. Because you know the Maybe. rest of the, you are basically there to shield the rest of the batting 11 for 20 hours. Right? Yeah, you take yeah, the correct. shine of the new ball quotes exactly. so that you just wait it out. 25 hours or first session, you give it to the bowlers. You just keep blocking, blocking. You don't look at the scorecard at all. So Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know if he has this sort of a temperament. This is one of the things that bothers me. But look, he's so fluent uh, as a stroke player. And he's really good of the back foot. So short pitch bowling probably never bothers him. So yeah. these are also things that will be good for him. And I think he has the right temperament. He's reached the time of his career. He's 30 plus. He's seen the ups and downs of cricket. And he's very confident in his own skills. So sometimes it helps if you know wh- how much you can do rather than what is all possible. If you know exactly what is what you can do, then you can only concentrate on that and keep building on that. Right. I think Absolutely. he's in that, that sort of a place in his career. And he can, I would say, reinvent himself as an opener. Yeah. But, um, you know, this discussion is an interesting one because there is another name or a couple of names we can throw into the field here. Probably Shikhar daman yes. is out of the reckoning for a test match opener slot in these days. Yeah. There's still KL Rahul and there is another name, a bigger one. Can you guess which one that is?
0: Um, Pujara has opened before, but... Oh, anyway.
1: I uh, Prithvi Oh, right, of
0: course, yes. Sorry, right? but he's on a ban, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: but what happens when Prithvi Shah comes back? No, because he was sort of seen as a long-term opener. And you have one opener on one end. You have Mayank Agarwal probably holding the spot down. Right? And he's doing well already. So you have at least KL Rahul who's also sort of an opener. He has a 199 in tests. He's not a complete nobody there. And this 199 was only like one one, one and a half seasons ago or something. Right? He can do the job. He hit 100 in the same match that um, hit to 150 in Oval in England. So it's not very long ago. So he's, he's still sort of cut out for the job. So It's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, For me, it's sort of an attempt by the selection committee and those people to try to get Rohit into the 11. So for me, I'm not exactly exactly. happy about that because he's no doubt extremely talented. But what we needed from Rohit or anybody was a number six player. So Hanma Vihari has done the job and sort of made it his own. I would not regret that slot to him because Rohit Sharma, no matter how talented he is, he doesn't fit into this 11. This is my way of thinking. Mixed feelings. Exactly. So there are a couple of things I think about when it comes to cricketing roles that are, you know, you can't swap. One of those is an opener's job. Mm. It's a specialized job, be it an opening bowler or an opening batter. That's a specialized job. You can't simply swap anybody else to take over that job at our level, at our league level. We have seen that, you know, sometimes we do send in other openers and it works, but mainly it's how to deal with a swinging ball and take that five, eight hours out of the game, no matter which format of the game, even in a one day format, that's what you do. Right. Uh, Absolutely. But then maybe he will succeed. And the rest of this topic or this debate can be parked for a later time. Uh, if he succeeds, well, where does Rahul fit in? Where does Shaw fit in? They'll fit in when and if and when the chance is presented to them. If Right. And they will get a chance and we'll see if they get on with it or not. Right. So for now, he's the man with that's been interested with the job. And I would say he's been given the security of a three match series. I think he'll do all right. Rahul has made a hundred uh, playing in this uh, Vijay Hazare Trophy, right? He's made a hundred uh, opening and he's sent sort of a timely reminder to the Indian selectors. He's still, you know, sort of an opener by profession and he can still be chosen. So let's see how that happens once the series of South Africa is over. I'm assuming so Rohit has the job for at least three tests. It will be not right if he doesn't get that opportunity. So let's see how that goes, right? Anything to add uh, with respect to the Indian squad?
0: Well, no, I, I, do, I don't think I have anything to add at this point. So, all right may much
1: command everything right yeah. so now let's look at the south africa squad so from their 15 you know they have a good good mix of pace uh, raw pace they have some swing people swinging people like vernon philander then you have spinners in the form of you know dane Pete, of course and then keshav maharaj who's probably the number one spinner yes. they also have interesting uh, guy senuran Mutuswami, who's a left-arm spinning all-rounder right yes uh, did you see the uh, the board 11 match by any chance or follow it yeah, I didn't follow
0: it though.
1: I uh-huh. did pick up a wicket. Right. So, yeah. when you look at their uh, 11, or possibility of an 11, would you like to go ahead and give us an 11? What do you think would be the 11?
0: Um, well, I've got the nine uh, spots fixed. Uh, we could talk about the two remaining ones. So, right. well, first up, opening would be Markram. Edin Markram, uh, uh-huh. Dean Elgar. Probably Thunis De Bruyne at number three. He's, he scored a century against Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And then Temba Bavuma, Faf Du Plessis. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: Quinton Kock will be the keeper, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the bowlers would be Rabada, Flander and Keshav Maharaj. And mm-hmm. I, I've kept two uh, two spots empty. And, you know, uh, it depends on who they go for. Whether an all-rounder in Senyuran Mutaswamy, uh, a specialist spin bowler in Dane Peeth, which I think they probably will. Mm-hmm. And also... I think they might go for Zubair Hamza, uh, mm-hmm. a, a specialist batsman. But as much as I know that he will play, I, I also hope they can uh, they can somehow fit Henrik Lassen in. I think he's a brilliant player of spin, and he's already showed that on many occasions. So I don't see right. why Henrik Lassen cannot be, uh, you know, in the eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, but
1: mm-hmm. what's what's your eleven then? So for me, I agree with most of the spots. Your nine would be my nine, I think. So Elgar yeah. and Markram to open. Yeah. You have uh, Théonis de Brown at 3, Faf du yes. Plessis at 4, Temba Bovum at 5, and Quentin de Kock at 6. Uh, but okay, now comes the spot that you wanted to pick, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So for me, I would say it would probably be a toss-up between Heinrich Klassen and Zubair Hamza. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But there could be this, uh, what do you call it, this red herring in the form of Senoran Mutuswami. Yes, so, the number yes. six slot is not of sort de- sort of decided for me. So, they tried out Senur and Butaswamy also in the um, board Presidents 11, right? So, yeah. he didn't really light it on fire, so to say. Yeah, he bowled only one hour. He didn't get to bat. That tells yeah. me he's here to learn. I don't think he'll start the first test. Exactly. So, that means it's between either Zubair, Hamza and Henrik Klassen. All right,
0: yeah. Fair enough.
1: So, I'm talking of the number six slot and here... I would say because uh, Hamza batted at number four in the board President's 11 game. Henrik Klassen yeah. did that. And then it was a one inning shootout, effectively. So so for me, Zubair Hamza, Hamza is the man in position for the number six slot.
0: No, absolutely.
1: Right? So that's how yeah. I would look at it. And then uh, you have Quentin de Kock, definitely the keeper, number seven. Right. Yep. That leaves them four bowling options. For me, it's Vernon Philander, Kagiso Rabada to start. Mm. And then Dane Pete and Kesu Maharaj. Well, because Kesu Maharaj can bat a bit right yeah. this would be my 11 going uh, for south yeah. africa any other talking points for you any other uh, yeah points? i mean uh, i do have to mention
0: that four bowlers for south africa is a is a bit risky for them hmm. because hmm. you know dane p hasn't really made you know constant appearances you know he, he's made very sporadic appearances uh, especially hmm. in india i mean he does have the experience in uh, of bowling in india but you know hmm. we don't know how reliable he is getting top order wickets if you if you look at the Uh, South Africa A-Tour, most Mm. of the wickets that he picked were, you know, probably uh, the lower order wickets. So, I'm not sure how reliable he is. But obviously, I think he has a lot of experience playing back home, captaining the Cape Cobras. And he finished as the highest wicket taker this season. So, Mm. he does play, obviously. You know, the one problem in South Africa's uh, lineup is that they don't have an all-rounder, a genuine genuine out-and-out all-rounder. Hmm. They did hmm. have uh Vyan Mulder if you're if you're aware of him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vyan Mulder, yeah. Yeah.
0: He he could have been included. I mean that that would have made a difference and could have been really interesting. He did pick up a few wickets playing uh, for South Africa A. And he also mm-hmm. scored one thirty one to go along with Ayn Markram's one sixty one in the right. I think the second unofficial test. Right. So that would have been an interesting call.
1: No, that's not a bad call at all. I I don't know how the pitch on Weizog will be. I don't think it's particularly friendly to fast bowling. If it was yeah. a fast bowling friendly pitch, I would have picked somebody like, um, as you say, Vian Mulder for the all-rounder role. Exactly. But right now, you have Keshaw Maharaj who can bat, Vernon Philander who can bat as well. Yeah. They both do bat. I mean, they're more than bunnies. Let me put it like this. Rabada can hang yes. on. Yeah, Rabada. So, yeah. so the other option, what you said, is also interesting for me. Maybe instead of dane Pete, dane Pete was very costly in the... You know, in Absolutely. the board president's 11 match, so maybe, yeah, that's the other thing they could also make a gamble here.
0: No, I was saying that he's probably just trying to find his mojo on this tour. It's, it's really all tough right. for an off spinner in India, unless you're mm-hmm. Nathan yeah.
1: Lyon. Okay, interesting. Yeah, maybe it'll be Dane Pete, but on the other hand, it could be somebody like Heinrich Norkia, an out and out fast bowler who has a bit of an attitude yeah. as well, a bit of lip, right? Yeah. He was all right, but in that uh, yeah. board president's 11 match, so. It could be three fast bowlers and one spinner. Keshav Maharaj will definitely start. And uh, I see Rabada and Philander definitely starting. So, that would yeah. mean the last bowling spot might either be Heinrich Norke or Dane Pete. So, this remains to be seen. My pick is actually Dane Pete. Let's see how that goes. Right?
0: Yeah. But again, I, I don't think they'll play Heinrich Norje. Again, he's here to learn. Uh, but hmm. I think Lungingiri has bowled more overs than Andrik Norje this series. Uh, I mean, obviously for South Africa A as well as in the board presidents 11. Right. And Lungingiri did play in the IPL, so he has some idea about the conditions. So that is why I feel, you know, maybe he can have a chance, an outside chance, but still a chance nonetheless.
1: That, yeah, that's a good point as well. He knows the conditions, so yeah. probably he knows the conditions better than Andrik Narkia. So yeah, that's course, interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But th- those are decent elements, I would say. So, yeah. now when it comes to results, so do you have a prediction for the series? So, it's one in Vaisag, one in Pune, and one in Ranchi. So, do you have any prediction for the series? What will be the series' result? Well,
0: well, I think... See, it could be 3 nil going to India, or it could be 2-1 going to India. But hmm. I don't see South Africa winning the series. They've, they've never been, you know, good enough... Um, playing in subcontinental conditions, you know. I think it's right. it goes down to how they prepare for it. They have most of the players playing the county championship, you know, just a few weeks before their tour to subcontinent. I don't think that's the way to prepare. I mean, I'm not really criticizing it. But, you know, you, you saw how Australia prepared uh, before their tour to India. They right. went to the right. UAE. They prepared very well. I, I don't see South Africa doing that.
1: No, but uh, you should also accept that many of them were here playing the unofficial tests, right? The A-level yeah, tests. It is true. Right? So, th- there's still something. I mean, come on. it's uh, yeah, In it the modern-day grind, right, with the number of uh, matches that each of these guys get to play, they also need some downtime. Oh, so, I you can't it. again go and do a camp somewhere in, I don't know, UAE or somewhere. It's possible. But uh, it also goes with how the planning goes.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: look, it yeah, it's definitely less planning. They should have played one or two more um, Let's say first class matches before the first test started That would have been ideal But probably they don't have yeah. the time for it right? Yeah. So let's see how that goes So I, I sort of agree with you uh, But what sort of a result If you were to just give it a you know, number What sort of results would you give it to India um,
0: I think 3 in India All right. You know as much as I want South Africa to win a test match mm. I
1: don't know
0: Probably it's a bit of a tall order for them but yeah. It could be a very close series Maybe 2-1 But I think mm. I'll go for 3-1 uh,
1: three nil, sorry. I agree with you. I think there. So for me, I don't see South Africa winning a test. So I would say it's a two nil. Because at least one of the tests, I expect, will be a bit weather-affected. Too much yeah. too much rain happening. Some extended uh, monsoon is going on currently in India, which is unexpected. Absolutely, but yes, yes. I would give it 2 nil to India, and I really don't see South Africa winning a test. But who knows, you yeah. know? They have a decent yeah. enough fastball attack and even a very good spinner in case of Maharaj. So let's not completely light them away. But my personal Fair opinion enough. is it will be 2 nil to India, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, now, uh, going further, we know that there was this the ODI series between Sri Lanka and Pakistan that was uh, scheduled to start on 27th, but the first ODI has been washed out in Karachi due to some unseasonal rain, and yeah. the second ODI has been postponed to 30th. So, you know, probably the people of Pakistan were really, really looking forward to the uh, matches starting. First ever match in Karachi back in almost a decade, right? It's yeah. very unfortunate it got rained out, uh, but we really hope, you know, they can um, get, get another chance and... Uh, get to uh, see the second ODI. Usually, it's a very unfortunate thing. If the first ODI gets rained out, if the third one or the fifth one or something gets rained out, you know, you can live with it. You say, okay, we watched two or three matches. The first one already got rained out. It's a bit uh, unfortunate, but I really hope the rest of the matches go on without hitch. Then, similarly, the T20 series between India and uh, South Africa women, this this also got rained out. The second match has been rained out. The first one was uh, won by India closely. The second one that was... Supposed to be played in Surat was rained out. The third one is started right now. So we'll probably be covering it in one of the upcoming episodes. Right? Fair enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Then there is this interesting 320 series going on between Zimbabwe um, and then Singapore. Uh, Singapore. Right. And Nepal. Yeah. So very, very interesting. They have live matches, live coverage on YouTube. So yes, anybody indeed. can So that's very interesting. Uh, Only thing, I think we'll really look out on how it goes. For now, Zimbabwe look uh, very strong. And so do Nepal. So, Nepal lost to Zimbabwe. But then they came back and beat Singapore. So, today the match between Zimbabwe and Singapore is going on. So, Singapore has set up a very nice total. So, we'll see if... Right. So, it's an 18-over game. So, it's a 10-run per-over sort of chase required. So, Zimbabwe has started off decently. So, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. Right? So, let's hope... uh, uh, let's hope it will be a, a nail-biter of a match. So Definitely. Going further, now let's look at the um, other news, some of the news from outside of the cricketing field. So, for example, Essex have won the county championship again, second time in three years. Did you have a chance to follow this?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I did watch it, you know, whatever I could. It was, it okay. was very sad that some said, you know, they, they could have won, but unfortunately, rain prevented them from doing so. It was, I think, a brilliant exhibition of test-match cricket. Somerset uh, had to four feet in innings. And right. I think the spinners, Jack Leach and Roloff van der Merwe, they were, they were mm-hmm. brilliant. They were right on the money. Right. And obviously, Sir Alastair Cook chipped in with a 50 or so.
1: Mm-hmm. It was,
0: again, a low-scoring game. But again, uh, very interesting in
1: nature, I have to say. Indeed. So, do you begrudge uh, Essex a championship win in such a way? Or do you think they deservedly won it?
0: yeah i think it should have been a fair game you know probably a four day match with weather not interrupting mm. because that would have been very fair because you have got simon harmer on one side you got you know Alistair cook and all the top batsmen for SX and then you have uh, murli vijay for somerset then you know tom bell Hildreth, banton so you know it's a it's a it's a brilliant team if you look even on the somerset side so i think mm. a fair a, a fair result would have been you know a full game you know, that would have really decided the winner. But unfortunately, we didn't see that happening. So, I think right.
1: we we'll just go with what it is. Indeed. Indeed. So, I mean, there is also some scheduling uh, complaints. It's so late in the summer. You can definitely expect yeah. rains after 15th of September and so on and so
0: on. But, yeah. yeah,
1: it's must. You have a World Cup. You have an Ashes. So, what, what can be done, right? So, yeah. that's one thing. The other thing, yeah, I sort of I sort of feel sorry for Somerset. They have never won the county championship, right? So, Essex have won yeah. it for sure. and so it's a um, uh, let's say a uh, dutch person so Ryan tendoshkata who's the captain and i think he's the second time he's winning it in 3 years so he'll be very happy
0: yeah also yeah.
1: people like uh, you know alistair cook has still showing that they have enough left in the tank you have uh, somebody like uh, ravi bopara who's trying to make a comeback to the england at least the shortest format game probably yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting so But all in all, a good end to the championship. Also, I think Treskothik ended his first-class career finally. He's some (laughs) (laughs) 40-odd. He played on forever, right? So, fantastic. So, uh, just that it it was a bit of an anticlimax. But yeah, these things happen. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Right. Going on, you also have, uh, you know, the second generation of administrators. So, now if you look at uh, some of the state cricket association um, elections. So, for example, uh, before October 4th, all the state cricket association elections had to happen, we heard. So, for example... Rupa Srinivasan, the daughter of uh, N. Srinivasan, is going to be the next T.N.C.A. chairman, chairperson. Or uh, you have uh, Jayadev Shah, the ex-batsman of uh, Saurashtra, who is son of Niranjan Shah, is going to be the next chief of Saurashtra Cricket Association. Right? Some second-generation stuff happening. What are your thoughts on this? Uh,
0: I think I think it's very interesting. Uh, a few names aren't really surprising, but again, I think mm-hmm. they are uh, probably the right people to take you know Indian domestic cricket in the right direction
1: right for sure uh, look Jaydev Shah has also played cricket at the top level he's played 100 plus first class matches that's very nice but Rupa Srinivasan it looks like a bit of a. I won't go using the word nepotism but it looks like a bit of hierarchical or almost like a dynastical yeah. sort of a takeover right yeah. that is not yeah. something that is really I'm not really a big fan of that for example in the other cases Bini, Bini will probably take yeah. over as the KSC uh, chairperson that's good right an international kind of former cricketer taking over that's yeah. good also, you have uh, Ganguli, who's been re-elected as the chairperson of uh, CAB, Cricket Association of Bengal, also good. And Azaruddin, Mohammad Azaruddin, the former India captain, a little bit of a pariah over the last couple of decades, <laughs> has been reinstituted or rehabilitated and now he's back. Now he's the chairperson of Hyderabad Cricket Association. As a cricketing fan, as a person who follows cricket and saw Azaruddin's rise and fall, so to say, yeah. and now rise again, are you happy... Yeah. Or are you not happy that somebody like this has still got a chance to represent uh, a sporting or govern a sporting body? Somebody who's who's who was at the top of his game, who was the captain of the Indian cricket team, and, but some, for one reason or the other decided to throw it away, uh, did some uh, work with bookies, right? And then was legal, uh, rightly penalized. Now he's been rehabilitated. That's okay. But yeah. uh, do you think he deserves to be the let's say the head of a cricketing body in India? That was the question. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it's very interesting, but. Uh, see, it all depends on what kind of precedent he has set. But you say that he's been through, you know, rehabilitation. So, it's very similar to, I think, what, uh, you know, something like Steve Smith or, you know, David Warner. They were also, you know, amidst controversies, they they did come back, they made a comeback. So, I think it's, I, he, I think he deserves a chance. And, well, I mean, he, he does know Indian cricket pretty well. So, let's see how that goes on. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt, you say. Uh, let's see yeah. how that goes. All right. Absolutely. Now, another one, uh, Lance Klusner, the former South African all-rounder, has been appointed as the Afghanistan head coach. Yes. Uh, yes. So it's an interesting choice uh, because Lance Klusner has been in, uh, around the coaching circuit. We know that he's been like a batting consultant exactly. for South Africa. He's been a bowling consultant also. the I think an sh- interim coach for Zimbabwe. Right. He's coached yeah, one of the yeah. South African uh, provincial teams. Right. So, he has yeah. coaching pedigree. He's uh, not only has the relevant, let's say, certifications, but also has some coaching pedigree. And uh, he's taking over from Andy Moles, who was doing sort of a holding job since Phil Simmons yeah. uh, was uh, uh, ran out of his tenure. So, yeah. after that, um, it's a very interesting choice. All I see is that he's a very exciting person. I've heard him talk on some Pakistani analysis shows, cricket analysis shows. He's an interesting person. He knows the cricket well enough. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, whether he can bring the same approach to Afghanistan. Afghanistan is a bunch of very very talented people. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, but
1: there are some strong heads there. There is also some infighting. For example, um, Phil Simmons said he, he was not happy with the team that was given to him in the uh, World Cup. Right, the captaincy changed. Some other person was selected. Yeah. The- and Asghar Afghan was retained in the eleven. Some some weird things were happening there. So he's yet to tell us what happened. But it looks like there are some. Outside uh, interference is going on with the team selection and other things. So, probably, do you think yeah. Klosener will cope with that? Will be able to do well with that? I think he will be.
0: You know, personally, I feel one of the major challenges that you know he he faces is that he needs to revamp the batting, or maybe you know just you know, chip in with the with a batting form that Afghanistan has shown in the World Cup. They need mm-hmm. to, you know, he, I mean, all he needs to do is inspire. Some confidence into the batting batting lineup and how they perform abroad because we saw in the World Cup that they were sometimes you know agonisingly slow in terms of batting. Right. So I think that really has to change. Otherwise, I think Afghanistan is pretty much a you know a great force to reckon with. Also, the fast bowling, I think even that needs a little bit of uh, you know some inspiration. Mm. Yeah. We know
1: that they'll be uh, playing their uh, first home tour. Air Aircourt's home tour uh, against, I think, West Indies. We are coming to tour them. They'll be playing yeah. in Noida, I think. Uh, Noida yeah, is their home. I think ground. it's in uh, Dune, is it? Sorry. Okay, probably. Yeah, right. Dehradun. Dehradun. So then, um, it's going to be interesting. Because, because they're playing in India, it'll probably be a spin-heavy attack. They anyway have some very good spinners. Yeah. They have like one fast bowler. They usually have one and three. One fast bowler. Maybe a fast bowling all-rounder or a medium pace all-rounder and three spinners. Usually this is what they do. With Nabi out of the picture, it's going to be a very interesting thing for me to see. Uh, Whether somebody like, uh, you know, this, uh, I think there was a a left arm uh, spinner, right? I think Vakar Khan, I forget his name. uh,
0: Yeah, Vakar Salamkheel.
1: That guy, Vakar Salamkheel. So that guy could be in there. Or otherwise, it could also be, you know, uh, Mujibur Rahman, the like leg-spinning prodigy, yeah. along with of course captain Rashid Khan. So it's going to be very interesting what sort of a choice they make.
0: Zahir Khan as well. Uh, Zahir Khan. A very
1: unique combination Khan. with
0: two two left-arm wrist spinners
1: in the eleven. That would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have enough wrist spinners. So they have two leg-break like wrist spinners and one left-arm wrist spinner. I think I mixed up Salam Salamkail and Zahir Khan and came up with Wakar Khan. But okay. All right. <laughs> So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So, it's going to be interesting. But what I see is they are learning their ropes very quickly. So, when it comes to building an innings, right, in 50-over cricket, that's why you saw this slowness in their batting. Yeah. They are now in a position where they are learning to build an inning slowly and get up to 230, 240, 250, right? And the conditions were completely alien to them. It was England. But in conditions like India or, you know, on the subcontinent, there will be a real handful, Right. They here they're sure I think they know how to build a bigger total when it comes Absolutely. to long format or shorter of format. They showed the kind of maturity they have when they beat Ireland so comfortably. Let's see how that goes. Also
0: right? for Bangladesh recently.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, all about you know
0: how they play you know in seeming conditions, somewhere like England or New Zealand or somewhere like that.
1: Right look we have to give uh, them a bit of benefit of the doubt countries like India yeah, Pakistan obviously. and other countries have really struggled when they went to play in semi conditions for like twenty thirty forty years right they'll learn. I somehow they'll learn that's, yeah that's I somehow think they will not take that long the way their cricket yeah, is growing no, they won't. they'll probably learn the the tricks of the trade a bit sooner whether their bowling lineup can also match up to a good seeming condition that's going to be a very interesting one so but that, indeed that's some of the challenges that are Coming up for
0: them, right? Yeah.
1: Now, Shanta Rangaswamy, who's a member of the CAC, has resigned because you know she's a member of uh, CAC, the Cricket Advisory Committee, as well as the director of Indian Cricketers Association (ICA). So, citing this as a conflict of interest, she got um, notice from the ethics officer DK Jain recently. So, now she has decided to step down from the CAC. So, she was a part of CAC along with Kapil Dev and Ashwin quad So, it yeah. was a very interesting thing that she's decided to step down. So. She she said uh, CSE meets once every couple of months, maybe even once or twice a year. So why is there a conflict of interest? I don't understand. But I, okay, fine, I can respect that the rules are there. So I'll step down voluntarily, she says, and she's walked away. I think they're taking this conflict of interest to a different and a very unnecessarily complicated level. For example, recently, Lakshman was asked, Dravid was asked. Dravid has actually put on hold his employment with India Siemens to take up the role of the coaching role of let's say Indian under 19 and NDIA and also as the head of the National Cricket Academy in Bangalore. In spite of that, he was given a conflict of interest notice. So I think it does look like somebody's become a bit over eager or overzealous with the opportunity to assign these conflict of interest notices and they have been firing them left, right and center. But let's see how it goes because I'm not particularly happy. She's a very Old and very experienced cricketer, and she has seen the system inside out also as a player and as an administrator. So, losing somebody of her stature is not a very good thing for Indian cricket, I think. But let's see how that pans out because maybe she can be persuaded to rejoin the committee, or maybe you know uh, the next person who's appointed to this such a committee has been chosen with enough experience and can make up for it. Going ahead. Uh, if you were to look at the trivia question, so the trivia question from last episode was a bit conflicting. I heard a couple of people asking me questions about what sort of a trivia question or a few more doubts about it. So that means the question was not clear. So I will repeat the question and I'll give some clarification about it, but I will not reveal the answer for this question. Right. So the okay. question, which country's first test hundred came in the latest match? That is the most number of matches taken. So what I mean by that is, for example, Australia's first Test 100 was scored in the first test, right? Charlie Bannerman did it, we know. Afghanistan's uh, first Test 100 came in the third Test match by Rahmat Shah, right? Bangladesh's came in the first Test match, Aminul haq you know, Ireland, Kevin O'Brien and so on and so on. So the question was, which country took the most number of matches to score its first Test 100? That was the question. Maybe it should have been framed like this in a much more simpler way. So I will give another opportunity to all our keen listeners out there to try and get back to us with an answer. So which country's first test 100 came after most number of matches? So do get in touch with us for the answer for this question from the previous episode. The question for this episode is, which bowler has taken the most number of wickets in the bilateral India versus South Africa uh, test series? So, so far, India, South Africa played a bunch of test series, both India and in South Africa, right? With all of them put together, which bowler has the most number of wickets in these test series? Right? So, do get in touch with us uh, to write about our podcast, your thoughts about the podcast, or uh, write uh, the answer to the question that we have asked or the questions we have asked. So, you could get in touch with us at Armchair Quick on Twitter or via the Facebook page, or you could write into us at Armchair.creat at gmail.com. Right? Do keep your thoughts coming in and do keep your answers coming in. They always uh, give us a lot of fillip uh, that what we are doing is reaching out to people there. Right. So, Malhar, I would like to say thank you for your participation in today's episode. I hope you had some fun time.
0: Definitely. Uh, thank you. I mean, it's, it's been an honor being on the podcast and it was, you know, good fun.
1: Well, you took it way too seriously. Honor, well, thanks a lot.
0: Like to... <laughs> no, obviously it's good fun.
1: Also, would you like to plug some of your work uh, on online, maybe your Twitter handle and other things?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do rant a little bit on Twitter. Mostly, I just do retweets of whatever I like about cricket. But you can you can find me on Malhar, I mean, at the rate Malhar underscore Hathi. And um, I'm, I'm always up for a cricket talk, no matter what time of the day it is. And yeah, I mean, I do write a lot on last word on cricket. So, you'll find the link of my articles on my Twitter bio.
1: All right, then. Thanks a lot, Malhar. Having said all that, it's a good boy from both of us. And we wish all our listeners a good day wherever you are listening. Amazing. Thank you.
0: You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.